Hey guys, this is Brother Rob broadcasting once again from beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So this afternoon, I'm going to title my podcast, A Balanced Approach. Now what I mean by that is, of course, there has been a long time and for many, many years going around what's been called the prosperity gospel, which is not at all the true gospel. It's, um, it's a false gospel. And it has led and is leading many, many, many people astray from God and his word. Now, the prosperity gospel basically teaches that if we just sow a certain amount of money into the kingdom of God, that, we'll, that God will prosper us and that we'll become rich, like the people that um, are living this lifestyle of prosperity, so to speak, are. Now, I'm not going to name names because I don't find it important. I'm sure that many of you who are listening or will be listening know many of the names in the so-called prosperity gospel. Now, of course, the problem with the prosperity gospel is that basically teaches that only those who sow seeds will become rich and that wealth is, um, by definition, a sign that God is a blessing your life. And if you're not becoming wealthier, and not, and if you're sowing seeds and not become wealthier, then there's something like off or under sin in your life, and all of that is whack and unbiblical. But the balance I want to bring to this um, topic is that abject poverty is as much not part of God's will for our lives as living this seemingly, you know, we have to be wealthy in order to be blessed by God. So we don't need to be wealthy in order to be blessed by God, obviously. But living in abject poverty is not God's will for our life either. And I'm making that abundantly clear right now. So the verse I want to read to you guys from, a couple of verses actually, from Proverbs uh, Proverbs 30, Proverbs 30, uh, Proverbs 30, yeah, I'm going to do 7, seven 8, 9. So Proverbs 30, 7 through 9. Two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Let me read this again. Again, this is Proverbs 30. Verses 7 through 9. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you. And say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal. And so dishonor the name of my God. You see, my friends, the late King Solomon, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote these verses, obviously a long time ago, but there's a balanced approach to life in terms of work and wealth in these three verses as it's laid out for us in Proverbs 37-9. So on one hand, like I said, abject poverty is not God's will for life, just as much as, you know, having to live in um, extreme wealth is not God's will for our lives either. And I want to make something abundantly clear right now too, that 
there's nothing evil or wrong about being financially wealthy. You know, the word says that it's the love of money that leads to the roots of all kinds of evil. So it's not money in and of itself that's evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. And we have to make that distinction very clear. Now, there's also a story that I, I want to read to you guys from uh, Mark chapter 10, because this really hits on um, this kind of idea too, not idea, but um, reality that I'm talking about. Just bear with me as I'm getting to this passage in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Okay, here we go. Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 17. Yes, it's the rich in the kingdom of God. As Jesus started on his way, a man came up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What, do, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. There is no one good. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your mother and father. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept, kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Now listen to this carefully, my friends. This is verse 23 of Mark chapter 10. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. His disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to for how children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to, to each other, How, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter spoke up, We have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fall to receive a hundred will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age homes brothers sisters mothers children and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last shall be first you see so again um, jesus isn't, it doesn't say it here, but it says elsewhere. Basically, it says, you know, like I said, I read, um, or tell you, told earlier, that it's not money that's the issue. It's the love of money. You know, and going back to that uh, passage in uh, Proverbs, I'm just going to go back to this pa passage for a second. In Proverbs 30, Proverbs 37 to 9, right, where, the late King Solomon, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 
writes, Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep sorry, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Okay, so this that's verse 9a of Proverbs 30. So this is the issue that this rich young ruler had. Um, he had great wealth. And because he had great wealth, he relied on himself and not the Lord. So in his heart, he's, he's, he, he didn't have this reliance, this dependency on God to carry him through the day-to-day -day, um, things of life. But if we have enough, neither too little nor too much, see if we have too much, that the issue is to default to depend on ourselves for the things of life. But if we have too little and are impoverished, then he says we may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. So it's living in the balance, in the middle of, so not abject poverty and not extreme wealth, but living in the middle that keeps us grounded and focused, you know? And as I said again, so again, there's nothing wrong with being wealth, but the issue that the rich young ruler had in that passage that I read from Matt, or sorry, Mark 10 is that the rich young ruler had depended on his wealth to carry him. And Jesus got to the root part issue of the matter. And unfortunately, that story doesn't end a good note because it says the rich young ruler's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. And that's why Jesus says that it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven because the tendency is for the rich to default to dependency on their wealth rather than the Lord. And that's why it's the love of money, not money, but the love of money that leads, that is the root of all kinds of evil, because it creates a dependency on self rather than God. But on the other hand, I want to address this too, that living in abject poverty is by no means God's will for our lives. It's not. So if we work diligently with our heart, hands, as God calls us to repeatedly throughout scripture, we're going to have enough. God gives us the ability and strength to work diligently with our hands. So we have neither living in abject poverty nor living in extreme wealth, but in the middle. So, we ha so we're not living in below our means, so do we not we come to a point where we're, we're tempted to steal in order to, in order to eat, and we're not have living in extreme wealth, so we're not depend have the default to dependency on our own wealth and finances, and not God, to carry us through the day to day things of life. So this living in this balance in this middle, where you know living to work, we're called to work diligently to earn a living, right? So it's, you know, in the, in the scriptures make it very clear too that we're called to work diligently, both, you know, in our workplace and outside of our workplace, just diligently in life and all facets of it. You know, as Colossians 3.17 says, and wherever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
And of course that includes work and you know other facets outside of work, all facets of life. I believe it's, yeah, Matthew 5.16 says, Live your life in such a way that people may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In other words, we're called to live and work in such a way that people are drawn to the God that we serve by observing the way that we work. Let me say it again. We're called to work in such a way that people may see the way we work and be drawn to the God that we serve through and because of it. Be the example. Be the light. Work hard. So we're not neither living in abject poverty so that we be tempted to steal, nor in extreme wealth that we need to be tempted to default to relying on our own money, finances, and so forth. I love you all. Peace out, Brother Rob.